If bad ground is, is hard, then bad heart is a hard heart. Well, that, that, what does that tell you? A good ground is soft. It's tender. It's a heart. It's a ground that the seed can penetrate. Well, that's what a good heart is. Tender. Be tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Can you handle just a few more minutes of this? Jesus, in the book of Mark, let me just read it to you. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. And they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. There were religious people expecting Jesus to heal. I wish we had that much faith. Watch this. Watch him. Just, just watch him. He's going to heal somebody. No, you just wait. I've seen it. You just wait here and watch. He, he's going to heal. Somebody's getting healed today. The only thing is they're watching, and according to the scripture, they're looking for something they might have to accuse him. Um, we don't want this in us. People who are constantly looking for something they can use to accuse somebody of, guess what they're going to find? Something they can use to accuse somebody. Fault finders are people who are just fault seekers. And that's this, the spirit that was at work in these religious people. You don't want that in you. Listen to me. You don't want that in you. It's not hard to find something wrong. It's not hard to find something that should be or could be better. Congratulations. You have eyeballs. It's not hard. Come on, folks. We got to grow up. You come looking around here, guess what? You're going to find something that could be, should be better. But if you're constantly looking for something that you might use to accuse somebody with, you are a Pharisee. You are in this club. I don't want to be in that club. They're looking for something that they might accuse him with. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent, no response. And when he looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their heart. Anger and he's grieved. We don't like to think of Jesus like this. Jesus walked around with a smile on his face all the time, didn't he? Just loving and happy and, and, and so sweet to everybody. But here you see Jesus got ticked. He's angry and grieved at what? At what? At what? The hardness of their heart. How did he know their hearts were hard? Simple. He asked them a question and they didn't respond. Is it lawful? Is it right to heal this man today? Folks, talk about Easy questions with easy answers, right? Duh. Yeah. It would be a good thing for this man's hand to not be withered anymore. But they kept silent. A hard heart is unresponsive. A hard heart is slow to respond to the word. But what does that tell you about a tender heart? Responsive quick to respond. You ever had a place somewhere on the body and I don't know, you, you heard it, you injured it. And it's just, it doesn't take much, man. Just a little touch. Oh, ow. Right. Somewhere that and somebody just grazes it. Ah, ah. Well, what's wrong? I'm, I'm just tender right here. 
Well, do you know your heart's supposed to be responsive like that? Tender to the gentle leadings of the Spirit. Don't make Jesus pound on the door to get your attention. He ought to be able to say, hey, and we're all ears. A tender heart is quick to respond. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus uh, got in the boat with the disciples. Verse 13 said he left them getting into the boat again, departing to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Don't you hate it when that happens? They did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, man, it's because we have no bread. It's because we have no bread. That's why he said that thing about the leaven. Stupid, I told you to get the bread. I told you to get the bread. The bread's your job, man. You didn't bring the bread. And Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Is your heart still hard? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? A tender heart is quick to respond. A tender heart is quick to remember. He went on to, to remind them of what had just happened. You not remember when I fed 5,000? I don't need a bag full of bread. This is not about you forgetting the bread. See, a hard heart's always in the flesh. A tender heart hears in the spirit. A tender heart's quick to respond. It's quick to remember. Then finally in Mark chapter 16, when he was raised from the dead, it says in verse 9, now when he rose early on the first day of the week, Jesus is an early riser, I guess. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told all those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, man, they flipped out and rejoiced and got so excited about it. No, they did not believe after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest. And man, they just rejoiced and praised God. No, they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. Now, this could have been a very happy and joyous reunion. But it says he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he'd risen. A hard heart is slow to respond. A hard heart is slow to remember the good things the Lord's done for you. I mean, God could have just delivered you, set you free, provided for you, healed your body. And the next time a symptom showed up, oh, just crying, wondering if there is a God. That's hard heartedness. A hard heart is slow to receive. Or to believe the truth. And Jesus comes walking in after he's been raised from the dead. And the guys are like, Jesus! But he's got a stern look on his face. And he rebuked the hardness of their heart. I'm trying to get you to see how he feels about a hard heart. Why would this grieve him? Because more than anything, he wants his word working in you. More than anything, he wants it producing and bearing fruit in our lives. And it literally grieves him when the word can't get in. Because we let some friction take place and didn't respond, slow to respond. Every time we're slow to respond, friction, 
heart's bothering you. It's getting harder and harder. Every time we're slow to receive or slow to, to, to remember, it's rubbing you funny on the inside. Friction. It's getting hard. But let me show you the other side of this before we go today. 2 Kings chapter 21. Turn there with me and I believe this will be it. This is where it gets good. Say it out loud. By His grace, I am good ground. His word works in me. Producing fruit. Thank you, Lord. 2 Kings chapter, when I tell you chapter 21... That's not right. I believe it's 22. Second Kings 22. This is about a king in Judah named Josiah. Now this guy is interesting. He became king when he was eight years old. Anybody know any eight-year-olds who think they've become king? <laughs> this guy actually did. His dad before him, if you go back and look, did what was wrong and evil in the sight of God. And his life got cut short. And when he died, this little eight-year-old boy became king. But the Bible tells us he walked in the ways of his father, not the one right before him, his father, David, who was a man after God's own heart. And he walked in the ways of David. And man, he did some things for God. There were so many um, uh, idols and, and false gods that had sprung up all over the land. And he went to work right away, pulling that junk down, destroying that stuff. Here's a guy with a heart for God. And then it comes to, you know, verse three begins um, where he, he has collected an offering because the temple of the Lord had been destroyed. Here's, here's something else that shows he's got a heart for God. He doesn't want the temple of God in disrepair. I mean, I want this thing fixed. We got to put this back together. This is God's place. This is God's house. So he receives this offering, this huge offering, and he sends the people with it to the house of the Lord. And his servants go to the house of the Lord. And the, uh, the priest that was in the house of the Lord tells them, I found the book of the law. That'd be like saying, I found the Bible. Not a Bible, the Bible. The one. You got to remember, not everybody had one of these things sitting on their lap. This was the book of the law. It had been lost. The people of God had not heard the word of God. It was not being given to them. It was gone, and they found it in the destruction of the temple. And they brought it back to this king, King Josiah, and they began to read it to him. And it says in verse 11, it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. What is that? Repentance. Why? Verse 12, the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, uh, Ahakim the son of Shaphan, and so on. He said to them, uh, to the servant of the king, verse 13, go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do all that is written uh, concerning us. For the first time, this guy's hearing the word. For the first time, he's hearing the commandments of God. And guess what it comes as? Correction. He found out we have not been living right. This was a big fat rebuke. We have not been living right in the sight of God. And he found out for the first time, God is angry about this and judgment's coming. And he tore his clothes and he repented. Now, wait a second. How easy would it have been to say, that's daddy's problem, not mine. 
I didn't even know. I didn't know. How can I be held responsible? I didn't know. Daddy didn't teach me. Daddy's daddy didn't teach him. Excuses. Excuses. But what he did instead, he was quick to respond. Tore his clothes. That's that sign of repentance. He said, please go inquire the Lord. Find out if what we've just read is true. And they went to the prophetess. And uh, she said to them in verse 16, Thus says the Lord, behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book which the king, Judah has, uh, king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me, go ahead guys, and burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath, my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. But listen to this, verse 18. But as for the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord. In this manner, you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard, verse 19, because your heart was tender. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord. A hard heart won't do that. Hardness of heart is not humble, it's prideful. But because your heart was tender, you humbled yourself before the Lord. When you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse, and you tore your clothes, you repented, you wept before me. Listen, listen, I also have heard you. The condition of your heart, not only does it determine whether or not you hear from God, it determines whether or not He hears from you. Your heart not only determines whether or not you hear His voice, your heart determines whether or not He hears your voice. When you pray, when you ask, he said, because your heart was tender, you humbled yourself. I heard you. I heard your heart. He said, verse 20, surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers. You shall be gathered to your grave in peace and your eyes will not see all the calamity which I'll bring on this place. How did he get mercy? Huh? He was rebuked. Did he resist it? Did he blame somebody else? Did he make excuses for why he had missed it? No. He humbled himself. He was quick to respond, right? Quick, quick to, listen, repent. Quick. You know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs? A soft answer turns away wrath. A soft answer. A tender, soft answer. Well, where does a soft answer come from? A soft heart. And here you see it. His soft heart. His soft answer. What did it do to the coming judgment? Turned it around. Pushed it away. We need to be thankful for his mercy. Would you stand up with me?
We need to be grateful for the mercy of God. Sarah, come on up. He said, beware, brethren. In other words, this could happen in any of us without realizing it. And if we're not aware and on our guard to stand against it, then be careful because it's happening. But man, I want a tender, soft heart. Would you raise a hand this afternoon and say you want a tender heart? Is that what you desire? That's what the Lord's looking for. We know this. He looks at the heart. So what's he looking for? Tender heart. Soft heart. A heart that's quick to respond when he hears the word. A heart that's quick to remember what good things God has done for him. A heart that's quick to receive the truth when he hears it. A heart that's quick to repent. Quick to repent. Bow your head. Close your eyes. This is what I saw us doing in the last minute or two of this service today. Let's just do some repenting. Let's just do... Some repenting. Well, I don't have anything to repent for. Look harder. Listen closer. Huh? We like to use phrases sometimes with like, well, you know, the Lord's been dealing with me about this or the Lord's been talking to me about this. And it makes us sound spiritual, but really what you're revealing is he's told me to do something a long time ago and I hadn't done it yet. And every time you resist instruction, it's friction. Every time you resist correction, it's friction on the inside. Every time you resist a rebuke, it's friction on your heart. And I don't care how long you've known the Lord. I don't care how many years in Bible school you've been to. I don't care what church you've spent time at. I do not care. If you're not watchful over this, it'll happen. And the heart will get hard. Oh, but it can be so tender. Jesus is the perfect picture of this. We do not have a high priest who is not easily touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Easily touched. That's tender. That's tender. He's tender to you. He's quick to respond to your faith. He's quick to receive your repentance. Quick. Be quick. Be quick. Thank you, Lord. Let me just lead you in it here just for a moment. Just say it out loud, Father, I've heard your word, and I receive it. I repent, Lord Jesus, forever resisting, resisting your rebuke, resisting your correction, resisting your direction. I repent. I will not. Resist your love. I open myself to instruction, to correction, and to direction. I love it because I love you. And I receive forgiveness, the cleansing blood of Jesus, washing over my heart, taking a heart of stone and making it a heart of flesh. Lord, if I've been hardened to you or to your word or to your people or to my family, I'm asking you to tenderize my heart. I want to be soft, easily touched. I want my words to be soft, my tone to be soft, 
Give me that grace and that ability to turn away wrath, to turn away strife with a soft word. Now just receive. Thank you for your cleansing, cleansing blood, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lift your hands and lift your voice. Worship the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Say it out loud. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Say it again. Thank you for your mercy. Your mercy, your mercy, your mercy. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. The Bible says he is full of compassion, loving kindness, and tender mercy. His tender mercies are for the tender hearted. Those who'd be quick to repent, quick to acknowledge, I shouldn't have said that. Or shouldn't have said it that way. Quick, quick, quick. Don't let it hang out. Don't let it drag on. Don't go to bed with it. Don't let the sun go down on it. Quick, quick. Get that trash out. Quick. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.